Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. The nope. righteous judgment of the Most High who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds. To them who by patience continuing yep. some well-doing seek nope. for glory and honor and immorality yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Lucas. Yep. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge count? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Christ is the way, yep. devil gon' win, nope. tryna make it to heaven, yep. get there by sin, nope. follow the commandments, yep. everybody got choices, I chose this walk so I keep on trying, everybody got choices, choose the right path and nothing can stop us, everybody got choices, righteous life, devil don't like that, nah, everybody got choices, choose the right path to save your soul, never going back, no, 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 forward to the kingdom, yeah, Oh, 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater To cite to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Shalom and good evening. Welcome once again to another episode of ISBHPK Presents Bible Talk. It's, uh, it's the Bible Talk podcast. Uh, um, I'm your teacher, uh, Mashaba. Like welcome you all to, uh, to to this episode. Um, tonight we're starting um, at night, uh, whereas usually we do uh, broadcast in the mornings. Uh, but today, you know, I had to take take, take care of some things. So uh, I still want to go ahead and just keep the teaching going, keeping the flow going. We decided to go ahead and move the class back to this evening. Um, in light of um, the schools uh, that we have across the nation, uh, ISBHBK San Antonio, ISBHBK Houston, ISBHBK Norfolk, and ISBHBK, ISBHBK Rochester, and that, yes, there is class being taught tonight um, at ISBHBK San Antonio, which is located at 4444 Walsham um, Avenue, San Antonio, Texas, 7217. Um, there is class going on tonight. They have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then they come back again um, on the Sabbath day from 10 a.m. to to usually around 2 uh, 2 p.m. Uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, you can contact contact the brother Awar Shemshawan Dawiyad for more details. Or you can visit their kiosk uh, located at Rolling Oaks Mall, uh, across or in front of where the Victoria's Secret used to be. Um, they're at Rolling Oaks Mall on, on the first floor called Eastern Fragrances, now, where you can also get um, your latest in, in, in the perfume and cologne oils and scents uh, for the house, for the body, for the, for the soul. Uh, if you smell good, feel good, you look good. So uh, check them out there. And if you have any questions about the school, about times, whatever, uh, uh, the brothers are always there. There's, there's somebody there working uh, for the school so the school doors can stay open. Uh, check out Eastern Fragrances. Again, located at Rolling Oaks Mall uh, on the first floor in front of where the Victoria Secret used to be at, um, about three kiosks down from the uh, American Cookie Company um, uh, kiosk on the first floor there. Um, and they also have uh, On The Mark Move, a uh, moving company that's licensed, insured, and bonded uh, here in San Antonio. They can accomplish any and all moving needs you might have. Uh, no, big, no jobs too big, no jobs too small. If you need help just moving stuff out of your attic, they can accommodate you. You need stuff, you need stuff packed um, to move to your attic, they can accommodate you. If you need stuff moved to storage, out of storage. If you got to move an apartment, house, um, uh, an office, they can take care of you. If you got to move um, across city, uh, um, across the state, or even even uh, out of state, they can they can accommodate you. Uh, and you can get reach them at the kiosk at Bolingo Small, uh, Eastern Fragrances. Uh, and then get you all the information you needed for that. Or you can reach them on Facebook at On The Mark Move on Facebook. On The Mark Move on Facebook. And contact your brother, Shamsa Wong, uh, who, who's pretty much heading that up. And they can set up an appointment for you uh, to accommodate you. And, again, proceeds from that do help to employ uh, 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 brothers and brothers and sisters uh, from uh, members that are members of the Square of Truth 
the Sword of Truth School uh, here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, they can accommodate you. And then we have our school in Houston, all right, which is located at, I still haven't memorized this yet, uh, 321, 231. Again, let me get my magnifying glass out. And I got the paper right in front of me. I have the paper right here in front of me. Um, the school in Houston, which is located at 231, 231 FM, 1092 uh, Road in Stafford, Texas, 77477, being uh, the, the address there to the school there. Um, and the school in Houston also has classes. Um, on Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And again, on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, Central Standard Time. Uh, and then Saturdays from 10 a.m., uh, starting at 10 a.m., again, Central Standard Time. The contact priest uh, for our school there in Houston is Priest Quatizop, all right? Doing an outstanding job, the brothers, the dynamic. Um, and you can locate him or contact him at area code 303 557 8979. Then he takes care of you there. If you'd like to uh, contact or visit the school there in Houston. Then we have our school in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, which is set up by, by Priest Kazakia. Did you put Kazakia? Yeah, by, by Priest Kazakia. Um, and you can contact him at his phone number, uh, Erico 757 300 4047. That's Priest Kazakia. And the school in, in, in Norfolk is located at 2610 Granby Street, G-R-A-M-B-Y, 2610 Granby Street, uh, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, 23517. They're in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and their class schedule is Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Saturdays, at, starting at 12 noon, because they do that, they're evangelizing um, uh, in the mornings, uh, Sabbath day mornings, before they come and start at this uh, the Sabbath ceremony. So that's in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, you can reach them there. And then, uh, of course, last but certainly not least, we have the brother um, Zion in Rochester, New York. Uh, his contact phone number is 757-762-3917. You can hit him up uh, for the school uh, in now, Rochester, and their address is 1600 Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, uh, New York, 14606. Um, and their class schedule is Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Fridays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, also on Saturday, Saturday mornings, Sabbath mornings, starting at 10 a.m. We ask that you go ahead and get in touch with them. Uh, at, at the phone, at the numbers and everything for our school addresses uh, in the various places. And again, this by no means was, was, was as an attempt to invade or to um, have a person uh, pick who they're going to listen to, whatever. This, I just want to go ahead and just keep the, the blog talk format going. Uh, our schedule, as far as, as I can get it done this morning, I still want to go ahead and have the blog talk and keep the series going uh, starting tonight. But our blog talk times are Mondays through Thursdays. Uh, blog Talk uh, Podcast, the ISBHBK Bible Talk Podcast, is Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 12 noon Central Standard Time. That's Monday through Thursday. Uh, then again, uh, we come back on Friday nights. Uh, 
with Friday Night Breakdowns with the Brother Bonabad. And that starts at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, going until 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. So check out, check us out. Again, we're available. Um, you can find us on uh, you can find the ISBHBK platform on if it's if it's not YouTube again with the Bible Talk every day of the week just about. Um, you can log in and, and find uh, some teaching going on from ISBHBK. Even on Sundays, I, forget, I need to start mentioning this. On Sundays, there's ISBHBK Kids on, on YouTube starting at 12 noon on Sundays. ISBHBK Kids, check them out for school age kids. Uh, it, 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 they, they do a great job. They're doing a great job and just giving the kids a, a, that environment where, where it, it, it's catered for them. It's catered for kids. All right. The other two announcements I want, I want to go ahead and announce is on May 14th, Sunday, May 14th, starting at approximately 4 p.m. will be the second Passover. Sunday, May 14th, starting at approximately 4 p.m. will be the second Passover held here in San Antonio, hosted by the Sword of Truth School here in San Antonio. It's going to be located across the street from the school, uh, in the plaza that's across the street from the school, uh, where, where Austin Highway and Walsham actually meet. There's a plaza there, and there's a comedy store there. There's, there's, there's a comedy club there. Uh, you can uh, the Sabbath. I'm sorry, the Passover, second Passover, will be held there. And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the address written down. I should. I, I will have it by tomorrow. Um, the second Passover will be Sunday, May 14th, uh, held here in San Antonio, Texas, hosted by the Sword of Truth uh, Bible School here in San Antonio. Sunday, May 14th, starting at approximately 4 p.m. Anybody is welcome to come. Uh, they ask for a $100 uh, donation to help, help um, and an RSVP to help with uh, the lamb, the, uh, the wine, the, uh, the grape juice, the matzahs, um, and the meal, the Passover meal and everything, and to, to secure the spot also. So, that's each family for a, a small $100 donation uh, to accommodate. So we still uh, come together. For those who were not able to make uh, the Passover that was held in Virginia, uh, then now, uh, according to the scriptures, we can make the second Passover, which will be held and hosted by the Sporting Truth Bible School here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, at the Comedy Club located across the street in the plaza from uh, 4444 Walsham. I, I imagine it's like 4445 uh, Walsham. Uh, come check us out uh, Sunday, May 14th. It will be the second Passover. Then the week after, right, the week after the second Passover, uh, please join uh, the brother Ariah and the sister Kaliah are inviting uh, any and all Israelites uh, to come and witness their uh, uh, wedding feast. All right? they, will, they will be um, uh, uh, actually uh, completing the Hebrew-Israelite wedding vows. Uh, held in the ceremony uh, at the event center, the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, uh, uh, located in Rolling Oaks Mall on the second floor, right next to the old Sears um, uh, wing. Right, right next to where Sears used to be at, uh, on the second floor of Rolling Oaks Mall at the EO Pure Therapy Event Center. Please join the, the brother Aria and, and his wife, um, wife um, uh, Kalaya, as they will actually have the first Hebrew-Israelite wedding held here in San Antonio, uh, presided over by Priest Tazapah and the Brother Nahar. We'll be holding things down 
Please come and join. Again, that's going to be Sunday, May 21st, 2023, at Rolling Oaks Mall. All right? Each and every, all Israelites are invited to come and, and celebrate and observe this feast of the brother Ariah uh, Salamat and his wife Kaliah actually joining in wedded matrimony um, in a wedding feast. So come one, come all. Uh, everybody's invited. That's going to be on Sunday, May 21st. At the EO Pure Therapy Event Center, located on the second floor of Lungos Mall in the Sears wing of the of the mall. All right, that's gonna be. I, I can't wait for that. That's, that's gonna be something else. That's gonna be a joy to be at. Again, every uh, as much as everybody's invited to the second Passover a week before, you're also invited to the um, uh, the, the wedding of uh, Aria and his wife Kaliah. All right. So I got that all out the way. Got the announcements, uh, uh, prayer list. Uh, we're still asking everybody to send up prayers for the coach family uh, as they're going through um, uh, uh, some health issues at, at this time right now. Several members of, of the coach family are, are really going through some some uh, serious health, health issues. So we want to send up prayers for the coach family. Um, uh, prayers going up for for Darrow, uh, his the brother uh, Darrow and uh, Becky in Albuquerque as as he, he recently had a, a job site accident. Um, that's got him incapacitated at the, at, for a time. We want to send a prayer for them, uh, that most of them watch over them and, and, and keep their spirit strong as they're finally going through, going through what they're going through. We want to send a prayer for my in-laws, the loved, um, as they're dealing with uh, health issues um, and health problems, that we want to uh, keep them in our prayers as well. Uh, the most of them look over, uh, bless, and, and, and be with them and keep their spirit strong as they're dealing with some of the uh, adversities of, uh, with the with my in-laws and the beloved family, and the most I keep in prayers. Uh, we want to keep prayers going for Sister Cat, Sister Catherine, uh, Mama Dukes, uh, the, the brother of Pa's mother, as she's dealing with cancer right now. Um, and that we want to make sure that we keep her in our continued prayers um, as she is getting stronger, she is getting healthier, and we want to keep the prayers going uh, as they come out of uh, and, and they're dealing with the issues that they're dealing with at this time. We just want to keep those prayers going for everybody, okay? Uh, uh, prayers for all Israel, right? Prayers for all Israel, uh, that the Most High might strengthen all of our spirits in his word, his faith, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, that as these adversities and infirmities uh, continue to hit us and plague us, that in keeping with his word uh, that Christ told us here in Matthew 24, let me pull it up. And this is not to take, make light or shun, uh, the adversities or the trials, tribulations that anybody is going through. But in Matthew chapter 24, and remember the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 24, remember he did tell us this right here. He says, uh, give me one second, y'all. Give me one second. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 22. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, um, as Christ has given us the signs of the end times, so that is not when he's about to make his return, some of the things that we should be looking for, some of the things that we, we should be aware of, um, uh, starting at verse 21, Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 21. Remember, he says, for then, uh, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the world, beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. That these times that we're facing, y'all, it, that, that there's never been time like this on the planet Earth before. It's not going to be time like on, this on the planet Earth 
again, the trials and tribulations, the things that, that that's going to be going on. Um, from the from the weaponi- the weaponizing of food, um, the GMO make, making and the hybrid foods that are, that are being made, to where our food is being used to attack us. Our food is not even food any, anymore. Uh, for, for the famines that already told us that were going to be here, for the um, uh, the mental health issues that they were dealing with, to the physical issues that we're dealing with, to just deaths all around from uh, and then the, the the pestilences and epidemics from from COVID to to fentanyl to to drugs whatever to the violence that the tribulations that we're facing now have never been so bad. It's never been like this. And it's not going to be like this ever again once Christ does return. But we got to go through these things. And in verse 22, again, the words of Christ in Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. And I always like, like pay attention to this right here. If we believe in Christ and we believe that the Bible is the word of God, he's telling us that before he comes, that if he doesn't come and the days get shortened before he comes, that he doesn't hurry back. There should no flesh be saved. And when I consider, you know, for years, I used to do the um, uh, mass animal deaths. We used to go read that almost every, every Bible talk that we were doing. We read about all the mass animal deaths that were taking place across the world. And it, it, the numbers just got too ridiculous and too scary, just to be honest with you. Um, you and you can do your own research. Um, look up endtimesprophecy.com or .org, but it's endtimesprophecy, mass animal deaths. And go look at the website. And for when they first put it up, I believe it was now six years ago. Um, no, nope, it was before that. Cause we, did, we, was, we was reading those, those prophecies in, in Atlanta um, from, like, 2012 uh, until, uh, until current. That there's so many mass animal deaths that they said they can't even put them up no more. They can't put up all of them anymore. But just some of the ones that stand out. And the numbers are, are, are terrifying. The numbers are scary. So in, in looking at things like that and in looking at, at, at how many people who are dying from, if it's abortions, if it's COVID, if it's sicknesses, period, diseases, war, um, and what have you, that Christ is telling us that if these days don't get shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But he goes on and, tell, and says, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So we have to prepare ourselves for death. I, mean, I, I can't put it in a more easy than that. I can't, I can't sugarcoat that. We have to prepare for death. Right? We're going to keep praying for each other. We're not going to just give up. We're going to keep praying for each other, and we're going to keep, 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 keep pushing, keep on striving to the top. We're going to keep, we're going to keep pushing, but we've got to understand that in this, that we can't be afraid of death. All right? We can't be afraid of death. We know that from uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that the Lord does not give us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That if we believe in the scriptures and we believe in the teaching of the scriptures, the, the scriptures do teach about regeneration. Another word for regeneration is reincarnation. That, yes, reincarnation, regeneration is in the Bible. But not the, the old mystic, like, Hindu belief or, or Scientology belief, but reincarnation that we do come back every three or four generations. Spirits have been here many times before. Our souls have been here many times before. And that, um, and understanding that no flesh, that if these days aren't going to be shortened, there's going to be so much death, it's going to appear like no flesh should be saved. But we're, we're not afraid of death, 
because we understand how death works. We understand how, how death cycle works, the life cycle works through the scriptures, that, that we can find comfort in these things. We can find comfort in the belief of the Bible. We can find comfort in how the scripture, how the most actually operates, what the Bible tells us, and that has such a fear of the unknown, have a such fear of the great abyss, have a such a fear of, of, of what we learned about from, from, uh, from Christianity or from uh, religion, that uh, from, from a purgatory or to a place where there's a, a devil with a pitchfork and, a, and eternal flames, no, that, that's all religion, uh, and we'll go through that obviously not tonight, um, but we don't have to be afraid of death. We really don't have to be afraid of death. We respect it, but we don't have to be afraid of it because it's in that fear of death that we can be controlled too easy. It's in that fear of death that in being desperate out of fear that we'll be subject to superstitions, we'll be subject to, to uh, being such desperate mind states that we'll do anything for survival, even if it means going against the scriptures, and that's not our intent. That's not what we're, that's not what I'm, we're, we're trying to do, but that in trying to create, uh, there's going to be such a, a panic going on in the world that people will forget the scriptures. People will forget God's word in this effort of just want to be of survival because we're so afraid of death. We're so afraid of, 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 of dying that by any means necessary, we're going to survive to where now the Bible and the scriptures have less and less meaning. They have less and less value because we're trying to, uh, of our fear. So that's, I don't want to leave it on, on that note or whatever, but, and, and keep it more positive. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I'm just realizing what is being said. We would still want to send up the prayers for everybody. Um, but in understanding and knowing that, yeah, there's going to be a lot more sickness in these days. There's going to be a lot, a lot more um, uh, death in these days. But we have to find comfort in that all this was prophesied in the Bible, that all this must happen before Christ comes. But when Christ does come, and he said there's going to be no more tears, no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, um, that, that the, the world is going to learn war no more, that once everything's put back in its proper order like it's supposed to be, the government of the new heaven and new earth, the kingdom of God being established in the planet earth again, that there will be no need for war. There will be no need for uh, death and destruction. There will be no, no need for sicknesses or what have you. That everything will return back to its proper order. And that's what we're fighting for. That's, that's what we're striving for. And coming back into our nationality, coming back into our, our, our identity, we're fighting to get back to that point so that Christ can now come back and we can finally, uh, uh, God's kingdom and God's will from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven, that God's will will finally be, will be being done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that's what we're praying for, that the Father's will will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Where obviously there's not going to be any more LGBT, uh, LGBTQ movements. There's not going to be um, capitalism where a person will, will, will design some, some drugs, get people addicted. So they can make more money from sugar and food to hell, drugs, fentanyl, cocaine, um, uh, cannabis, or, or what have you. All that will come to an end. All that will come to an end. It won't be about a person just being greedy and selfish 
and how much they can just come up, how much they can just overcome and just have an overabundance of generational wealth, an overabundance of just them and their family eating, irregardless of what price it costs their people or the rest of humanity. All this can come to an end, all right? Cool, 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 cool. All right, brothers and sisters. Um, that is going to be it for my introductions for today. Um, anything else I thought I need to go over, uh, uh, what have you. Let me do this here now. Let me take a small music into intermission, and when we come back, we're going to continue with part six um, of the Christ of the Passover. But in dealing with part six of Christ of the Passover, we're going to go into the second part of patience. Uh, what, what examples did Christ give us about patience? What example did Christ give us in referring to patience and how that affects us? And understanding, if you're catching up with this series, that this was not about uh, the Passover, the communion that people are familiar with in church. It was not about just the eating of the bread and drinking a little cup of wine, a little thimble of wine or or grape juice. That that is not, that is, there is a much better, deeper, uh, that was just a symbolism. That was just a, uh, uh, that was symbolic of what Christ really did and the example we should really be pulling from how Christ gave himself, how Christ volunteered for the crucifixion, for that suffering, for that affliction, so that he could lead the world an example, particularly the Israelites, particularly his disciples, particularly the apostles, to follow his example. That Remember, Christ had all the power to stop the crucifixion, but it was not about Christ's will. Remember, Christ even told the disciples, uh, he was getting so nervous and, and getting so uh, anxious about facing the, the tortures of the crucifixion that he told the disciples, uh, get yourself a sword. Sell all that you have and get a sword, man. Get ready to fight. Get ready to to, to, to fight because I'm about to be destroyed. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be killed. To where even Peter was like, yeah, we got two of them. He said, that's, a, that's enough. That Christ had those those real feelings. He did not want to go through it, but... At the Garden of Gethsemane, we go back and read where Christ came back and submitted to the will of God, that he did not want to suffer in his own will. He did not want to go through the crucifixion. He did not want to go through that, that he did not. But the example he gave of being betrayed, being slandered, to where it actually put him to death, of literally shedding his blood and going through those things, and 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 the the, the torture, the mockery that he faced, the uh, the fit in the face, the the uh, being beat, beaten beyond recognition. That he went through these things, that he broke himself, he volunteered himself to go ahead, to be subject to that treatment, to give the rest of us an example to follow his steps, to give the rest of the Israelites an example to follow his steps. And it was through those steps that Christ now gave the Israelites, gave us Israelites, another chance at salvation, another chance to repent, like has been done for the Israelites so many times in the past. All right. So with that, uh, I'm going to do this this small musical intermission. And with that, we're going to come back and and continue on with this series. All right. Uh, And here we go. 
All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. We are back, we are back, we are back. Welcome back. All right, cool. Uh, brothers and sisters, where we left off uh, on our last show uh, uh, that we did on Thursday, not, not the, the, the Sabbath class uh, that we did with Juan Abad on Friday night, but the last class that, uh, that I taught on Thursday with the brother uh, Gabar Kawasso, um, we were in Romans chapter 15. Uh, so let's go back to just, just read that again. Uh, Romans chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to continue on with the class, all right? So Romans chapter 15, verses 1, 2, and 3, and we have, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And remember, the, 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 the title of, of this chapter is being the example of Christ, or what was Christ's example that he gave to us? What's the example that we're supposed to be following? That especially as we come into the knowledge of, of knowing that we're Israelites and, and, and we put away the pork, the crab, the shrimp, the lobster. We, we put away the... Um, uh, the, the Sunday worship, we put away the birthdays, we put away the, the, the Valentine's Day, we put away the Thanksgiving, we put away the, the Christmases. And putting all those things away, now it becomes a thing of not so much right or wrong, but are we following Christ's footsteps? Because it's easy that we can come back and really look at the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the Pharisees and Sadducees were expert people at the law. I want, I want to mention, we, 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 I want to get this kind of out there a little bit. The Pharisees, when you go and research about the Pharisees, they were experts at the law. They were expert in law. So, so were the Sadducees. So it wasn't like the Pharisees or the Sadducees was going around sinning or breaking God's law. That, that one, you weren't going to find them smoking cigarettes. Uh, they finally, you're gonna, you weren't going to find them getting tattoos. You weren't going to find them uh, eating pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. Matter of fact, you're going to find them um, as far as the law, the, the male, male children getting circumcised on the eighth day. Uh, as far as keeping the law, no woman on her menstrual cycle would be allowed in the temple or to touch anything that they would be considered unclean and had, had to be uh, set apart. Um, obviously, there was no men uh, wearing the uh, woman's garment and no women wearing a man's garment. Then when it came to the law, obviously, they kept all the high holidays uh, found in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. You, you, they were not going to be guilty of not recognizing high holy days. And then even the, the minor holy days that many of us today don't know about, from the day of Nicanor, uh, during the time of Phareem, that we find it in the, in the uh, Apocrypha, to there is many observations that we came up with, that the Israelites came up with um, uh, over, over the, the, the millennium, over the, uh, the centuries, that we were observing. Uh, hold on one second, y'all. I'll be joined by the brother Gubar Kawab. One second, please. One second, one second. Come on. Hello, 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 hello. Shalom, sir. Yeah, how about you? Brother, what's good? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just uh, just getting in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had heard that uh, you were, I don't know if you were in Leviticus, but... Uh, you know, I, I, heard, I heard some 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 laws as I was on my way home. So, okay. Um, what 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 I was, was was quoting at the time is that's that what I was I was reading it for the point of the class, but just bring out some points that 
and looking at and dealing with the Pharisees and dealing with the example of Christ, that as many of us coming to the knowledge of being Israelites, it's not so much about I'm right or wrong because I'm breaking the law. Because a lot of us want to get real technical and split hairs and become these jailhouse, courthouse, religious lawyers um, that I'm not breaking the law. I'm not breaking the law. Um, I'm not wrong. But if we come back and understand that we're supposed to be measured to the measured up against Christ. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to measure, be measured now. Am I following Christ's example? That that's where many of us fall off the boat. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they kept the law. And I'm just trying to bring uh, like a cross-reference or, 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 or uh, I don't know if cross-reference is the word I want to use, but a, a, um, uh, not even a symbolism, but um, a comparison. A comparison that the Pharisees and said they they were experts at the law. That if it came to again eating shrimp, crab, pork, or lobster, you would never catch that the Pharisees eating shrimp, crab, pork, or lobster. You would catch them from Leviticus the twenty third chapter keeping all the high holy days and convocations that the Lord commanded the Israelites to keep, even from the daily sacrifices. The Pharisees and Sadducees were keeping the daily sacrifices, um, making sure there was fringes on all their clothing. Um, or um, uh, and just wearing Hebrew Israelite gear, men wearing um, uh, men's fashions, women wearing women's fashions. Neither, neither the two mixing. Um, that when it came to the law, they didn't wear a garment with mixed material. It came to the law; they were experts. But where did Christ still? Where, where did the Messiah? Or what was found found with them? Is that they weren't following the example of Christ uh, when, when Christ actually finally came. That and for many Israelites today, we want to get so combative and so so much in the debate about well, what am I doing wrong? I, I'm doing that wrong. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And to come back in now, according to the law and being real technical and being real real anal like the Pharisees were, no, they're doing wrong. But that's where the Pharisees were called hypocrites in the eyes of the Most High Christ. That's what the Pharisees were called hypocrites. They were fake. That that they were no damn good. And it was the Pharisees and Sadducees that actually put Christ to death, being Jews, that kept the law, being a Jew, being Israelites, still law. I got my fringes on. I'm, um, uh, uh, I got. Uh, uh, I keep the Sabbath. I'm not eating pork, crab, shrimp, or lobster. Uh, but yeah, I'm still voting that Christ needs to be put to death, even though I'm an Israelite. I speak Hebrew, and I keep the law. You're not going to tell me that I'm wrong. You're not going to tell me that I'm wrong, but we can see from Christ's example that his, his example doesn't be followed. People still want to be stubborn, and people still want to be caught into their own opinion uh, and, and be proven, why is my opinion wrong? Why, why am I being, why is this wrong? I'm doing this, I'm doing, I'm doing this. But when we measure ourselves against who we're supposed to measure ourselves against, the example of Christ, many of us miss the boat. Many of us miss the mark. Many of us don't get it. So coming back now to Romans, and that's where we have right now, uh, Gabar, is in Romans chapter 15, and we're at verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Just in a, the briefest recap from what, we was, what I was going over on Thursday. So if you want to catch up with us in the reading, I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, we're in Romans chapter 15, and we're starting at verse 1. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Romans chapter 15 and verse 1 reads, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And again, if this is about the following Christ's example, then it's not about us pleasing ourselves. It's about us now pleasing others and following Christ's example, which can't be found in the law. No, we cannot find that in the law. But we can find that in Christ's example. Go ahead. Come. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. And it says, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Not for, because a lot of times we as Israelites have come to this thing that it's, it's un, ed, the word edification meaning understanding. That now I'm getting understanding if it benefits me. I can understand how if we do this and it benefits me, Israelites come back and say, okay, that's wisdom. Okay, now I can see it. Okay, I'm not confused because I got the benefit. But the minute it's about me having to do things to benefit others for their good, where I got to now take the low, I got to go ahead and, 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 and be buffeted. I got to be the one that has played the fool. I don't understand. I don't see it. Um, if it's coming from that church background, this can't be Christians. This can't be Christ. This can't, this can't be. I thought, this, I thought uh, we was all in the Bible. I thought this was supposed to be a Christian church. How, how is it this is going on? How is it that's going on? And now I got to be the one that has to bear the brunt of this, that, that I got to be put on the back burner. I got to be this, that, or whatever. I don't understand. I don't get it. And unfortunately, I, well, I ain't going to say unfortunately, the reality of that whole mentality, let me put, I'm going to put this on myself. Give me one second. One second, one second, one second. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 10, I got this. I'm going to stay there, please. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 10, in this prophecy that was given to Daniel, particularly in now dealing with the last days, this is what the Lord told Daniel. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 10, it says, Many shall be purified and made white and tried. So we're going to have a lot of people that are going to come into the truth and going to come into the, 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 the truth of their nationality. That the truth of our nationality is, I'm an Israelite. So many are going to be purified and made white and tried. But it says, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand that a person going to be so stubborn about doing things their way and want to be proven why I'm not wrong, pro- proving that, 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 that uh, I don't see why my way of doing things um, uh, shouldn't be considered, why my way of doing things can't be the right way, and that now if I got to do something that's pleasing my neighbor, and I can't put myself first, I don't understand how this is Christ. I don't understand how this is the truth. I thought we were all supposed to be in the Bible. I thought we were all supposed to be uh, believing in the Bible. We're supposed to be brothers. We're supposed to be sisters. But here it is. I don't just understand why I got to be inconvenienced for others. I just don't get that. I don't understand that. This don't make no sense to me. How is this the truth? How is this the most high in Christ? I got to take low. And no one else has to. And I got, I, got, I got to be made to feel bad because I want to put myself first. I got to be made to feel guilty because I'm looking out for me. 
Yes. This ain't about breaking laws. This ain't about breaking laws that, yeah, you're guilty of, of any shrimp, crab, pork, or lobster, that you're guilty of, of, of smoking cigarettes. You're guilty of dyeing your hair. You're guilty of, of, of you celebrate Christmas, Easter. Hell, you celebrate Ramadan um, uh, and uh, learning not the ways of the heathen. We're not dealing with that. We're not dealing with, what we're dealing with, are you following the example of Christ? And that's where many Israelites and many people, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to hear that. Like Isaiah told us, speaking to me smooth things. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from in front of me. Stop putting Christ up. Stop showing me how Christ did things because if I can't measure myself against Christ, I'm wrong. And I don't want to be wrong. I want to measure myself against you. I want to measure myself against men. I want to measure myself against people. So that I can justify my actions or I ain't got to change. But the minute you keep throwing Christ in my face and his example now there's issues. Now there's problems. Now, now it, it's I got to find something about you, or why mm-hmm. you're being personal, or why you're being this, that, and the third, and why I don't have to mess up against Christ. Right. So, and what we're reading right here is the example of Christ. Reading on, sir. Uh, <clears throat> Romans chapter 15 and verse 3 reads: For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Right. So here, again, following the example of Christ, Christ's example was what there in verse 3? He pleased not himself. It went about his will, his words, his way of doing things, and he's going to force, and, and, and I'm not going to conform, I'm not going to submit, I'm not going to um, twist, I ain't going to change. Everybody's got to conform to how I do things. Everybody's got to conform to, 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 to my way of seeing things because I'm right. But that's not how Christ rolled, even though he was an Israelite. But what, what kind of Israelites can we read about in the Bible that were keeping the law, observing high holy days, keeping the Sabbath, wearing fringes, but were still considered hypocrites in the eyes of, of God? Pharisees, Sadducees. I'm stubborn about my way of doing things. I'm not going to change, especially if it means I got to please others and not myself. I got to look out for others' benefit and not me. I'm not doing that. It's enough that I keep the law. It's enough that I keep the Sabbath. It's enough that I don't eat shrimp, crab, pork, or lobster. Remember, I take it extra. I eat all organic. That's all I eat. I'm a fact, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. I don't even eat meat. I don't even kill animals. That's that's how kind hearted I am. I don't even believe in killing. I, I won't even drink milk. I, oh, maybe oat milk. Maybe almond milk. I don't even eat cheese. I'm so vegan and pure and 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 right. How dare you try and tell me that I'm doing something wrong? But again, when we if we will measure ourselves against how Christ lived and what Christ did, hell yeah, we're all guilty. Hell yeah, we we all come short of the glory and, and, and mercy of God. But it's convenient when I can only measure myself against another person. That's when now the gospel starts. 
That's when the tail bearing starts. That now we're gonna start talking about how what everybody else is doing. I'm gonna start talking about how how they do this and how they do that, and, and they don't do this and they don't do that. And I'm gonna keep everybody else's name in my mouth, but I'm not gonna keep the measurement of me against how Christ rolled. I'm not gonna keep that in my mind. I'm just gonna keep getting, talking about how I keep getting offended and how I'm justified to do for me and not have to do to please others. Not have to put others first. I'm going to keep getting mad and offended that I got to be put on the back burner. Following Christ's example, that pisses a lot of people off. Reading on. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 reads, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That we have to apply patience. And we have to apply the comfort of the scriptures. Can as a person as a person as they're going through what they're going through, does a person actually go back into the Bible to study where others have gone through something similar? Knowing that the scripture does tell us that there's nothing new under the sun. That's what the scripture says. But I know a lot of people in their own self-righteousness believe they're the only ones going through the type of, 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 of trial or tribulation or affliction that they're going through, that no one else is going through what they're going through. They're the only one since creation that are going through what they're going through. That's the mentality of a lot of people. But does a person actually go back to study the scriptures to see where others have been through something similar and how they handle it, the good and the bad? Does a person actually go study the good examples and the bad examples? Does a person actually go and look in the scriptures about who was patient in the scriptures and the most that came through for them, even though most of long suffering? Or who, who just went ahead and took matters in their own hands, took their emotions, and just ran with their own emotions, and was gotten with that? In the end, did the, did, did the, did the means justify the end? How you get to the end, did God really agree with that method, that technique? Does a person really go back to study these things, or is it really just about, no, unless I'm getting the benefit out of it, unless it's, it's, it's giving me something good, I don't think this is the truth, and all I can think about is how I'm being attacked, how I'm being um, uh, persecuted, how I'm going through trials, tribulations, and ain't nobody trying to help me. And ain't nobody trying to be there for me, and I'm the only one going through it. Forget Christ's example of the Passover. Forget Christ's example of the Last Supper. I'm breaking myself for you. This is my body. I know I'm being betrayed. I know I've already been betrayed. I told you all this two days ago from the Last Supper. I already told you I know I'm come, i got to come to Jerusalem so I can be slain. So I, I have to come suffer. I know this. One of y'all is going to betray me. He already knew. He already knew. But he said, I'm laying my life down for you. This is the will of the Father. I got to go through this. I got to be an example to y'all of how to handle slander, how to handle being attacked, being persecuted. I got to be an example of how to handle when you're alone. When, you're, when you've abandoned me, 
Love don't live here anymore. I got to show you how to get through this shit. When these feelings and you want to get desperate and take matters in your own hands, I got to give you the example of how to deal with this. The right way of dealing with it, not catering to your emotions of vengeance, of, of payback, of whatever it is you, however you deal with it, or just withdrawing. Just withdraw. I'm just going to withdraw. That's, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Forget, 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 forget everybody. Is that what Christ did? So, what sort of things were written the four times? We're written for our learning. That we, through patience, remember Christ told us, in your patience, possessing your souls. And comfort of the scriptures. Am I applying patience and the comfort of the scriptures? Am I going back to seeing where others have gone through being abandoned? Joseph. Uh, with, with his 12 brothers, Jacob's son, the father of two, two of the tribes of the nation of Israel. When he was sold, literally sold by his brothers, was going to be put to death first and then sold for a profit into slavery. And he was a young man, 17 years old. Do we go back and study that or do we look at, yeah, I, I've been betrayed also, and yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's all about vengeance. Is that did Joseph apply vengeance when it was in the power of his hand to do so with family members? He could have had them all set up and had them all thrown in jail, in prison, the same prison that he was in for 17 years. Talk about eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, nigga. Right. But do we go and study those things, or is it just about bringing up examples of, of I'm offended, so because I'm offended, because I feel this way, now I can go find scriptures to prove that it's okay for me to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Reading on, reading on, reading on, please. We're about to read verse 5, and this is what we ended mm-hmm. with last week on Thursday, and we're picking up here. Go ahead. Come uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse 5 reads, Now the Most High, or now the God of patience and consolation, grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Woo! Woo! Now, we ended. I'm, I'm sorry, but No, I said that's a hot one right there. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be like-minded toward each other the same way Christ was, was. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Not just that, oh, man, I thought we was brothers. Man, how could you do this to me? I thought we were sisters. Man, how could you do this to me? That's not being like-minded according to what Christ was talking about. Being like-minded like Christ is when when you're slandered, when you're lied about, when 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 you're accused of doing something that you never that you had nothing to do with. Are we following the example of Christ to be like-minded like Christ, or are we going to other people in the world and be like, man, what would you do in a situation like this? Man, if somebody's talking shit about me, I'm I'm going upside their head. Somebody talking shit, talking junk about me, man, I'm dropping them like like a hot potato. 
Is that what Christ did? Is that the example Christ left? Will him that stands in the counsel of the wicked? So let's 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 dive into this just a little, a little bit about the God of patience. All right, let's let's dive into this because as Israelites, one, one thing that that we as Israelites, especially the men of Israel, let, let, let me say it more proper, the men of Israel, we really uh, really get with the God of war. Hell yeah, God's a God of war, man of war. Exodus 15 and 3. If, if we get a tattoo, that probably be tattooed on, on a lot of brothers' foreheads. God <laughs> is a man of war. The Lord is his name. You're damn right. It's about war. You Hell yeah. It's about yeah. fighting. It's about going ahead and, 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 and stomping a nigga down. You, <laughs> right. You, 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 you GD right. I'm not the one. Put some respect on my name. Or keep my name out your mouth. That we 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 we're quick to go there, but rarely did we want to get to this part right here. That God is a God of patience. Rarely did we get there, and we went over the definition of patience on Thursday. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing again because I, I, I want to kind of move on. But in dealing with the God of patience, dealing that that the God of patience, the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of the 12 tribes of Israel is a God of patience. Now, and follow the example of Christ, let's get Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 And God said Let us make man in our image After our likeness And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea And over the fowl of the air And over the cattle And over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Cool. Now I, I don't I don't need the whole scripture of what, what, for the part that we're going over right now. We want to bring some light to right now. The precept I want in this is the very first precept. Okay. I'm not for this class that we're going over with the sisters. I'm not using the whole scripture. I, I, I I'm not using the whole scripture. Because if you try and break down the whole scripture while we're going over this part right here. It's going to be confusing as hell, and you ain't going to make no sense to anybody. You're going to sound like a, a – it's not going to make no sense because you're trying to get through the whole Scripture, but you, except for the part that we're dealing with of why we came to the Scripture. We came to the Scripture at this time right now to get this part out of the Scripture right now where it says, let us make man after our image and after our likeness. This is what we're trying to focus in on right now as we're using this in the scripture right now. Now, we might use Genesis 126. We might use the rest of it or other parts of Genesis 126 in another understanding, in another breakdown, that we won't be focused on the image and the likeness. We might be focused on to have dominion, but we're not doing that right now. Right now, we want to focus on for the part of the class that this is going to fit in with this part of the class we're going over right now and God being a God of patience. That we're getting the image of God. 
that from the very beginning, God's desire or God's plan was, I ain't going to even say desire, God's plan was to make man in his image after his likeness, to be like him, to be like him. From there, I need, I need to insert this here. Give me one second, one second. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this scripture right here. From there, let's get St. John chapter 4, verse 24. St. John chapter 4 and verse 24. Read. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Another key to, to, to the puzzle. Uh, an, an, another pixel, to, another pixel to the frame. We have that in dealing with uh, the image of God, and dealing with the image of God. That from the beginning, Genesis chapter one verse twenty six, let us make man after our image and after our likeness. Well, that we're seeing in Saint John chapter four verse twenty four. That what God is a spirit, and that's the part we want to get you right here, right now. For again, in this class that we're going over right now, the focus right now in this class right now is that very first precept of St. John chapter 4, verse 24, that God is a spirit. So if we're putting this together, that from the beginning, the most I want us to be made in his image after his likeness. We're now also seeing that, okay, not only is God a God of patience, but he is what? A spirit, a spirit. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, goodbye. I didn't make a job. Go ahead. What were you saying? I almost, I, I almost uh, when I said a spiritual, I, I, I almost said a, a spiritual warrior. But then that would have made it, that would have had to jump it back to who <laughs> you were talking about before, about the, 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 the warrior part in Exodus 15 and 3. So I, I, just, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to do that. I just, when you asked, I said spiritual, and I was going to say spiritual. Right. But for for what I, I agree with you, and we we we've taught that before, and that again I'm almost we we turned blue in the face, but now we're going to come back and look at this other part here. That that the another image that that is more so for for us following Christ, is that God's a God of patience. And God's a spirit. So God has spiritual patience. God wants us. Now, if we're going to be made in his image, if we're going to be made like him, then what is that, what's that going to require of us now if we're going to be made in his image? It's going to require that we get the spirit of patience. And that's something you can go rub a bottle for and all of a sudden be endowed with the spiritual patience. That patience comes through experience. The things that we experience to develop our patience, the afflictions, the persecutions, the, the, the slanders, the, the inconveniences is what builds patience in a person. So if we're going to be made in God's image, then I hope that we're seeing that the image of God that concerns us in following Christ 
is that Christ took on the spirit of patience to be an example for us so that now we can what? Take on being patient. The spirit of patience and following the Lord and Savior who the world calls Jesus Christ. That we're going to have to now and being molded into the image of God, being fashioned into the image of God, we have to have or learn patience. There's no way. There's no other way of acquiring it. There's no other way of getting it. We want to continue in our growth and becoming like the Most High, being made in His image after His likeness, in order to be like Him. We got to learn patience. There's no getting around that. There's no getting around this. We have to learn the spirit of patience. We had to learn how to sincerely be patient. From there, let's get Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Let's get the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10 reads, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So, as we learn Christ, and we're following Christ's example, the scripture here is instructing us to do what? Put on the new man. Not our old way of doing things. Our old way of doing things was to be reactionary. Just react to the situation. Don't use patience. React. That's the old man. And a lot of us will carry that old man like the Pharisees and Sadducees. I'm keeping the law. I don't eat shrimp, crab, pork, or lobster. I keep the Sabbath. I don't get no bald heads. I don't observe Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, or anniversaries. I'm not doing those things. But when somebody offends me, I react. Instead of me having to please others for their edification, instead of putting others first and not pleasing myself, I'm going to let it be known. I'm going I'm going off. I'm going to make sure people know, like a little kid, I'm going to throw my temper tantrum. And, but claim that because I'm an Israelite, that I'm allowed to now throw a temper tantrum, that I don't have to be patient, which is not following the example of Christ. So, again, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. One more time, sir. Yes, sir. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10 reads, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. One one one, one uh, hip hop song from way back in the day, old 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 school, was a was a L Cool J song um, that said, "Mama said knock you out." 
Now, I'm not going to get caught up into the lyrics about it or what have you, but the gist of the whole song was about Mama Said. There's another uh, old soul disco song said, Mama Said, Take Your Time, Do It Right. Um, it was a disco song, but it was something about female. It, I'm sorry? Talking about, uh, and Mama used to say, Take your time, young man. That was yeah. something about that. And Mama used to say, <laughs> Don't just rush to get old. Yeah, and Mama, and Mama used to say, that was the lead in the hook of the song. And, and, and I know there's controversy about the Michael Jackson song about Mama say, Mama say, Mama kusa, Mama say, Mama say, Mama kusa. I'm only pulling up these examples that a lot of us be using the knowledge that of what we were taught in the world from mostly from our mothers, from my fathers too. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna leave them out, but for those who were, that were raised in a, in, a, in a household where the, maybe the father wasn't around, and many of us are familiar with, and even the father father was there, you see where a lot of us still hold on to the things that our mom said. That knowledge don't don't you let nobody get in your face. That, that you ball your fist up and you hit them or do this, do that, whatever, that we use the knowledge and we roll with those things that we learned from a young age, from whoever it is that we looked up to. And I'm going to use that for an example, that, that you might you have brothers and sisters that, that might have been orphans, might have been grew up in foster homes who didn't have a father or mother. So, so it would be easy for them to come back and say, so this doesn't apply to me. The point I'm trying to get to, just bring out some of these examples, is not to focus on the mom, not to focus on, on the dad, to focus on wherever you got your knowledge from, that wherever you got your knowledge from, that I'm not going to take low. I ain't going to let nobody walk over me. I ain't going to let nobody feel that, they, that they're just smarter than me, that they're better than me. That I'm, 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 I'm going to fight tooth and nail to get my respect. I'm going to fight tooth and nail to do this, that, and whatever. That many of us still roll with that mentality. Even though now we call ourselves Israelites, even though now we've learned Hebrew, even though now we keep the Sabbath, even though now we 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 uh uh uh, uh don't eat pork, that knowledge of that old man is still there. That knowledge base is still there. That under pressure, under whatever, I'm going to handle things the way my parents handle things or who I looked up to handle things or how the streets taught me to handle things. But in all that, am I handling things the way Christ said handle things? Am I following, not only what Christ said, am I following Christ's example in how he handled things? So now I'm putting on the new man that is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that made him. I'm doing things the way Christ did things. That's the knowledge now I'm supposed to be renewed in. To help prove that, let me get, let me pull the scripture back up. Uh, brother, give me Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. 
Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 and, and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 reads, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That's not verse 2. Fine. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2 reads, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So the Most High has spoken unto us by his Son, who is the world called Jesus Christ, who we call Yahweh Shai. That Christ has spoken to us, that, that, that he sent Christ to speak for us on the most high's behalf. Now, verse 3, and we're going to read this kind of slow. Brad? Come. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And what is Christ? And the express image of his person. That. Jesus Christ is the express the most high. That to see how Christ handled things and being that example, that the way Christ handled the slander, the lies, the actual being put to death, the open disrespect of being spit in the face, being spit on, being tortured, shedding his blood to where he actually died. Being on the cross and saying with his last breath, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. As we get to it, I don't know if we're going to get to it today. Or, or please go look up, uh, everybody, obviously not right now. Go look up on YouTube. The uh, doctor analyzes the crucifixion uh, of Christ. And to watch the video, I've, I've, I've read the, the, the packet. But to watch the video is, is something else. It's about a, just about an hour long, it's the, the one I watched, and there's several of them. It's just about an hour long, and the doctor actually analyzes the crucifixion. That's and when you realize the kind of pain, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I said it again? That's what it's called, uh, a doctor's uh, analysis or analyzation of a the crucifixion? A physician analyzes the crucifixion. When you realize what, what he went through and in the time frame that, that remember, Christ didn't sleep. That, remember, the Passover was held, was held that night. The last, the last supper was, was, was held that night uh, at the sunset. Then when you put it together, it was about two in the morning, about about midnight, about midnight that he went before Caiaphas. When the soldiers came from from uh, when the Jewish soldiers, the Israelite soldiers came and got him, they he was beaten then. Then he was dragged to to Pilate. Then he went to Herod, came back to Pilate, and then that's when Pilate um, uh, wanted to release him. And thought, well, cool. If I just, 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 if he's just tortured and scourged, 
that that'll be enough because I know that the the friends and Saturdays are doing side of envy that um maybe that'll be enough to go through that then to be tortured by the, by the Romans where he was tortured with with the with the the canine tails being beaten with sticks and just being I mean just brutalized and then coming back and having that the, those thorns that crown of thorns that was hammered into his skull. Again, all this being done with, he hadn't had no sleep or no rest. From whatever day he woke up to the day before, going that day into that night with the Last Supper, from the Last Supper to the Garden of Gethsemane, to, to the soldiers coming to get him, to go to Caiaphas, then dragged over to, to, to Pilate, then Herod, then back to Pilate, uh, and then uh, had that the from the whipping and beating that he took, and having his skin sh- shredded, having his skin shredded with that canine tails, and when they put the purple robe on him, that that was so that the blood coagulated from all the whips that he had, all the 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 the, the and that whipping, that canine tails. It was designed to where the little shards of bone that were in it, or shards of metal, it would it would grasp the the actual muscle connected to the skeleton, and it would rip the, the muscle off the skeleton from that whipping he was taking. So you literally have shred, shreds of muscle coming through the through the slits from the from 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 the whippings. They say that from the whippings that he took, just one whip from the canine tails that, that would hit him would leave a, uh, a slit in the skin about two inches wide and about an inch deep. That when they finished beating him, the way they beat him, and that, that one slit, that one, just one slit would take about 20 stitches to, to, to seal, to, 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 to sew up that after they whipped him the way they whipped him, that he would require well over 2,000 stitches over his whole body. But obviously they didn't, didn't get none. All this being done with no medication, no, no, no anesthesia or anything. So from his body being shredded, that's the point I'm trying to get to, his body being shredded and then having that, that, that robe placed around him, all the blood coagulated on the robe. Now, we've, we've had a Band-Aid ripped off of a, off, off a sore. Or, or uh, a piece of tape ripped off of, 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 of a, and the scab or what have you. Imagine now your whole body that you've been wrapped in this robe and your blood is now co- coagulated and, and, and congealed in this, in, in this robe and then having that ripped off you. What kind of white lightning pain would shoot through your skull? After having this crown of thorns with at least two the, the thorns, the, the thorn bush that they used from Israel, the land of Palestine at the time, they had like two-inch barbs on it. So these two-inch barbs were hammered into your head and would penetrate the skull. Going through that, remember, he had the, the, the mask, the sack put over his head, and they took turns making fun. Roman, Hulk Hogan-sized soldiers punching Christ 
That was the Romans. That was the white Romans. We're talking about the, the beating that the Israelite soldiers gave him before delivering up delivering him over to Pilate and Herod back to Pilate. That this beating that he took, his eyes would have been so swelled shut. Pumpkin head. Everybody knows what a pumpkin head is. Think about the the head of Emmett Till. How how deformed, how swole Emmett Till's head was. This is how Christ's head looked. And then having to carry the the, the, the cross beam of the cross, they said it was it was a third of a mile that he had to carry the the cross beam. The cross beam of the cross, they say, weighed a, anywhere between 120 and 150 pounds. So having not slept from the whenever he woke up the night, the day before, being up all day, doing the the, the, the last supper, then being dragged to the to the uh, Caiaphas then dragged to, to Pilate, then dragged to, to Herod, then dragged back to Pilate, then going through the, the, the beating, the crucifixion, the, the, the tortures that the Romans put him through, then have to carry a third of a mile. Mind you, a third of a mile is longer than a quarter mile. A third of a mile having to, having to now carry this, this crossbeam that weighed between 120, 130 and 150 pounds. Carrying out the third of the way to where he, he was so exhausted from all the bloodshed and lots of fluids, dragging that a third of a mile and then being nailed to the cross. Going through all that and they're saying that in, in, in the position that he was nailed on the cross, the, it wasn't hard breathing in. The hard part would be breathing out. The way that, because of how your arms were extended and, and the way your diaphragm was, you would have to literally pull up on the nails that were na- nailed through your wrist, not the palm of the hands, but through the wrist, and you had to push off the nails that were nailed through your heels into the cross. You had to push up with your legs and pull up with your arms and, 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 and with them being extended the way they were so you can breathe out. Not inhale, but so you can exhale. Now, all that carbon, was it monoxide, that gets built up in the body? They're saying if there, was, there would have been so much buildup of carbon dioxide in the body that he would have suffered cramps that literally would have, would have, would have pulled joints out of place in the position that he was in. To go through all that pain, suffering and torture, because they lied on him. To be abandoned by the disciples, by the apostles. To go through all that and to be on the cross for for three hours. And to still cry out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It is finished. I, I did what I was for. I, I, I did my job, and then give up the ghost. Then give up the spirit. He did that because because he, he was following the example of the Most High of being a God of patience. That Christ is the express image of the Most High of somebody who's patient, somebody who endures suffering, slander, disrespect, 
from us Israelites going all the way back to the days of Adam. But Christ came and gave us that example. He was the express image of the Most High, of the Father. So from there, uh, Brother Gabarco, please go to Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 17. Todd, Jeremiah chapter 57 and verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 17. I'm sorry. 51 and verse 17. Right. Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 17. So let's hear how God looks at this. When a person doesn't follow the example that Christ laid down, and a person is just going by their own knowledge. A person only going, and when I say their own knowledge, of how they just operate naturally. How they just operate and, and take on this mentality, well, this is me, how I do things, and if you don't like it, then hell with you. I'm not changing for nobody. I'm just being me. And if you can't accept me being me, you got the problem, not me. Not at all following Christ. Where Christ said he didn't please himself. It wasn't about him. It was about making pleasing others, taking low for others for their benefit. And if it meant he was defrauded, he was defrauded. If he was lied about, he was lied about. If he was disrespected, he was disrespected. But again, the Last Supper, the Passover, I know you're going to betray me. I know you're going to violate my trust. I know you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to ruin the expectation I have of you. You're going to abandon me. You're going to deny you even been with me. You're going to deny that, yes, Peter, me and you walked on water together. You're going to deny that. Y'all are going to deny, and these are the close ones that was closest to them. Y'all are going to deny that I, we broke bread, that we took three fish, five loaves of bread, and we fed over 6,000 people, 5,000 people. And then each of y'all took up a whole basket of food. Y'all going to deny how y'all saw them take the roof off of buildings to get to me so they could be healed. Y'all going to deny I, I gave y'all power to heal people. Y'all came back and told me what, what, what kind of great things y'all were doing. I gave y'all power to step on scorpions, snakes, and not be affected, not be hurt. And we're going to get here to, this, to, to Golgotha. We're going to get here to the crucifixion, and each and every one of y'all is going to deny me like you don't even know me. But you know what? I'm going to go through it. And I knew all this before it happened. I told you I was going to be betrayed before it happened. But I still let it happen. I still went through it because I got to give you all an example of how to deal with this. Not to go by your own knowledge, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Not to go and take matters in your own hands. The great payback. I'm going to show you all that this is how the Messiah would handle it, that this is how the Messiah felt and dealt with the nation of Israel. Uh, again, going all the way back to the days of Adam, this is how we've been treating the Messiah. The same way we hurt, that we're getting hurt, that I'm getting hurt and got to deal with this. That does a physical pain that affected the Most High, but how many times we've disrespected him, following our own damn way of thinking, whatever seems right to me, according to how I feel, 
according to what pleases me. He's been putting up with this attitude from us since the beginning. Right after he said, let us make man after our image, after our likeness. Where the hell did y'all get this bullshit from? Now, all of a sudden, your woman can present something to you that's more wiser than what I'm saying? Now, what's coming out, the shit coming out of her mouth is wisdom? And y'all are going to convince me. Then when I confront you about it, it was my fault for giving you this bitch? It's my fault? Christ came and gave us an example of how to deal with this, because that's what the Messiah has been dealing with this whole time. So Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 17. Yes, sir. Jeremiah chapter 51, and verse 17 reads, Every man is brutish by his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. We could go into this whole this whole verse right here, but we're not going to. The very first part, every man is brutish by his knowledge. Everybody, in, in the world, people want to be acknowledged that I'm wise, I'm deep, I'm, I'm, why my way of looking at things is, is right, is proper, is better, is good, is smarter, is, is, is more spiritual, is, is more righteous, is more pure, is more holy. And the most side perspective on all of our thinking is that every man is brutish by his knowledge, by what what does you think you know? The Lord says that by you, by us, going by what we think we know, in his eyes, we're brutish. Now, from Webster's 1820 definition, I don't know if you got that, Brother Gabar. Again, the Webster's 1820 uh, dictionary in, uh, definition of Webster's 1828 definition of okay okay yes okay um showing Little intelligence or sensibility. Okay, that, that's that's Miriam. Okay, the eighteen twenty-eight, right? Yeah, but I just I just went to the Webster's, not the Miriam Webster's. Come on, okay, I got it, I got it here. Um, brutish, uh, like a brute beast or a brutish form, insensible, stupid. I, it says it's an adverb. Meaning like the uh, like a brute or a beast. Then it goes on to number one. When it says every man's every man is brutish by his knowledge, according to the Mosai, the very first word for the definition of brutish is what? Ox? Insensible. Insensible. I just I just, I just want to get that right now for, for now. Time. In the, eyes, in the eyes of Messiah, when we go by our own knowledge, the Messiah says that's insensible. That's what the Messiah says, that our knowledge is insensible. 
meaning to the most high, our knowledge don't make no sense. We want to argue that our knowledge, how I look at it and how I view it and how I feel about it, that it makes sense. We want to take the, the very arrogant, haughty attitude that for people not to do things my way, it don't make sense the way they do things. They're insensible. But the most I is looking at us, when I go by my Brutus, not by my knowledge, the Mosiah says, I'm like a beast. I'm insensible because the only thing I can deal with is how I feel. I'm not trying to deal with any reason. I'm not trying to deal with any scriptures. I'm not trying to look at, don't show me Shai. Don't show me Christ. Show me how my, my feelings cater to my feelings. But the Mosiah says, that way of doing things is insensible. Your knowledge, how you look at it, how you feel about a situation, in the eyes of the Most High, is insensible. That's insensible. It says what? Stupid. In the eyes of the Most High, when we go by our knowledge, how I feel about it, what I know, in the eyes of Mosiah, what we think we know, not only does it not make sense as and is insensible, in the eyes of Mosiah, it's stupid. It don't make no damn sense. And now that we have Christ, now we have the example of how Christ handled things, When we come back and handle things by what we know, how I see it, how I feel about it, that makes us even that much more insensible in the eyes of the Most High. That makes how we put it together and what I think I know, I know, I know, I know. We can scream that all day long, and the Most High still is saying it's stupid, 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 stupid. That's not how Christ did it. That's how my mama, up, 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 that's how your mama did it, but that, is that how Christ did it? Now, I was talking to everybody at work, up, 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 who gives a damn about them, but okay, but is that how Christ did it? I spoke to my therapist, okay, to hell with you and your therapist, but okay, hold up. That's what your therapist came up with. Okay, but is that how Christ dealt with it? I was sitting around smoking weed, and me and my, and my crew, we came up with this. All right, cool. Good for your weed, man, then. But is that how Christ dealt with it? I was watching this music video, man, and, and I was watching this, this, this TV show. You know, this music video and this TV show, I'm telling you, it was deep. This is how they handle the situation. I was like, you know what? That's the exact same way I would do it. You know what I mean? Uh, no. That's not how Christ dealt with it. If it's not how Christ dealt with it, being the express image of the Most High, leaving us that example, it's insensible and it's stupid.
definition number two? Definition number two is unfeeling. And it's not that it, that you don't feel nothing, because obviously we feel things, but the most, to the most high, he don't feel shit about it. And to the most high, our thoughts and our feelings, what we think we know and how to handle situations, is vanity. It's vain. It, it, it's not. It's not considering anything about the world, how the most I deals with it, or how Christ said deal with it, or how Christ showed He dealt with it. It's unfeeling of considering the most highest feelings or Christ's feelings. I got for others first. I got to take low, huh? I understand. I understand. I understand. Well, you know the scripture does say the wicked ain't gonna understand, right? You 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 understand? Because you understand because you're wicked. Because you you're trying to figure out a way how you can benefit. How it's supposed to be about you, but not not for others. That's why you say you don't understand. You don't get it. You don't understand how you're not first. You can't understand how come they're not thinking about what I'm going through. How come others can't think about how, my needs? How come others can't think about I'm going through this, I'm going through that? How come they can't think about what I'm going through? When Christ went through the same thing, you know Christ went through the same thing. Did you see how he, how he handled that? People showing no appreciation? Not saying thank you? Not helping him out? Abandoning him and then lying on him? Are you doing it the way Christ did it? Christ didn't open up his mouth complaining one time. Because he knew the most high was looking at everything. Are you feeling like, like if you don't say something and, 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 and turn up and act a fool, that there ain't going to be no justice? So you really don't believe in the most high, then that's what you're saying. That you ha- you're forced to have to take matters in your own hands. I got it. You get that knowledge. Nice guys finish last. That's that's the knowledge you got, right? You know, don't be nobody's fool. That's the knowledge you got, right? Oh, you get that knowledge. Uh, it's a dog eat dog world. That's the knowledge you're going with. But is that the is that the knowledge and the example Christ left? And you're supposed to be a Christian. Going by your, our own knowledge, we're brutish. We are insensible. We're stupid. We're unfeeling what the Most High is going through. We're unfeeling what Christ went through. And that leads us to word number two of definition number two of brutish from not Merriam-Webster's, but Webster's 1820 Dictionary. What do we have? We have unfeeling, um, savage. That leaves, in the eyes of Most High, we're a bunch of savages. And that's, that, that's not a compliment. That's not a badge of honor or dignity. Not from the eyes of the Father. Not from the eyes of the Most High. Now we're, we're supposed to be made in his image after his likeness. Con, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you, you, you gave us the edification on that because uh, a lot of people... You know, I'm, I'm going into beast mode, like like that's some some powerful uh, 
positive mode to be in, some real powerful mode to be in, to be a beast yeah. or to be or or to be savage. Hulk. Yeah, you know. I'm going. I gotta go back old school again. I I don't listen to a lot of hip hop, but go back old school again. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me go all out up in here, up in here. And the father is saying. Yes, you are a savage. I don't care. Okay, maybe that's a, a modern, you're 21 savage, I guess. I, I, okay. <laughs> 21, 21, yeah. You, you're a brute. You're stupid. You're insensible. What's the next word? Uh, for uh, definition number two, uh, ferocious. You're ferocious in the eyes of God. You're not wise. You're not spiritual. You're not deep. You don't. You have very little understanding. You, we are very childish and are not doing things the way the Father does things. It's ferocious, savage, unfeeling, stupid, insensible. It's brutal. Definition number three. Gross. In the eyes of the Father, when we go by our own knowledge of how we feel, and, and, and or what have you, in the eyes of the Father, what we're doing in His eyes is gross. Next word, carnal. It's carnal. It's not spiritual. You're not being deep. You and the Most High ain't friends, and then you got a connection. You got Jesus on the hotline. No. We're being gross and carnal. I'm only doing things to please how I feel and what I'm going through. I'm not thinking about Christ, the Most High, any of that. I'm only thinking about the, how I'm being inconvenienced and how I'm going to do by any means necessary make a person know that they are inconveniencing me. Next word. Bestial. 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 You're uh, a beast. Um, What are you going to say, um, Going back to uh, St. John 4 and 24, where it says that the Most High uh, is, is, a, is a spirit. And he created us in his image and his likeness. These are all contrary to the image and the likeness of Christ and the Heavenly Father. Come Tell me I put this on here. Please tell me I put this on here. Oh, Mashallah. Oh, Mashallah. I, I feel like that's when we, back in the day, like 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 YG, like Yohan saying some shit. Like, oh, Mashallah. Or, or, or like D from uh, What's Happening. I'm going to tell yeah. mama. I'm going to tell You know what? I, I I I looked it up, but I forgot to copy and paste it when it deals with the image with the definition of image. 
when it deals with the, the definition of image. Let me see if we can pull it up real quick. Um, read the next definition. Time. Um, definition number four from the West Duke's uh, Dictionary, 1828, is ignorant. So in the eyes of the Father, when we go by our own knowledge, how I feel, what I know, this is what I know. I know I ain't feeling this. I know that that, that this is getting on my nerve. I know I, this is what I know. I, I know they, they better stop. I better know if they don't stop in, in this amount of time, I'm going to do something. Oh, okay. I'm not the one. <laughs> I'm not the one. Not only are, are we, you make yourself gross in the eyes of the Father, but also it says we make ourselves what? Ignorant. Yeah, ignorant. You ain't been taught a damn thing then. You ain't learned Christ. You're not following his example. I don't care how many friends we put on. I don't care how many Sabbaths we keep. We're not remembering what Christ went through and how Christ handled these situations. We remain we remain ignorant. What else? Um, uncivilized. In the eyes of the Father, we're not being civilized. Even though it makes total sense to us because it's how I feel. But in the eyes of the Father, it's uncivilized. You're not being civilized. You're not being wise. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So you can go old school on that too. You know, you, you remember um, the boxer of uh, Marvin Hagler, marvelous Marvin Hagler. He used to do the commercials for um, the Old Spice uh, deodorant. From way, way, way back in the day. Yeah, kind of. Way back. You know, where if you didn't if, if you didn't put no deodorant on, it, you know, you funky. <laughs> you deeply and 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 to be uh, without deodorant, without the old spice, always at the end of the commercial, he was like, "That is so uncivilized and it's real proper, <laughs> real proper voice." If, if you right, remember, right, right, right. <laughs> or or even though they never used the word, the, the whole image of uh, Grey Poupon, <laughs> right? That you're in the back of a Rolls Royce. And you roll up somewhere and talk about, do you have any great coupon? <laughs> speaking, speaking with a, a British accent, that also now that makes you civilized. That, that's from, from a commercial, yeah, a TV point of view. But a lot of people feel that you're you're being civil. You think you're being sensible. Right. That to you it makes total sense. And you're looking for any and everybody to listen to you, tell you that what you're feeling and what you're saying makes sense. But the eyes of the Father is gross, it's insensible, it's ignorant, it's beastly, it's carnal, it's stupid, it's ferocious, it's savage, it's wrong. What else you got, sir? Um, last one is untaught. Yeah, you ain't learned Christ. That's that's how Christ did things. That's not how he taught us either, right? <laughs> Say it again? That's not how he taught us, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, 
going back and re- reading uh, uh, Jeremiah fifty-one seventeen again, please, sir. I'm sorry, no. Uh, we were in Hebrews eleven and not eleven, Hebrews chapter one and verse uh, three. I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter one and verse three. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all twisted. I'm getting all twisted. Yeah, but um, yeah, we went, we went, we went there, and then we went to uh, Jeremiah fifty-one seventeen. But we went to Hebrews first. But you wanted me to go back to, to Hebrews one and three. So, as a matter of fact, um, yeah, yeah, Hebrews one and three, please. Fine. Hebrews chapter one and verse three reads, "Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word." of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high cool I, I, again we want to deal with christ being the express image of the most high and then with that image part let me get this right here and thank you for that uh, gabar from when you went into and when you brought us back to uh, John 4.24 and Genesis 1.26, because that reminds me of this, this definition that I did get about being the image of the Most High. What's the definition of image? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, in imitation, this is the Webster's, actually, this is the Webster's uh, Dictionary of 1913, which has an imitation, a representation, or similitude of any person, thing, or act. It goes into that. Let me get to this. Let's see if I can find that. The 1828. Here we go. I need to just go down. Um, the, the first one is, uh, the first definition is a representation or similitude of any person or thing formed of a material substance as an image wrought out of stone, wood, or wax. So let's, get, let's break this down a little bit. So it says an image, the first definition of image, and breaking this it down is a representation that a representation. can be made in the most size image. Which was to be made? Which was to be a representation of the Most High? From Genesis one twenty six, we are supposed to become the representatives of the Most High on earth. In Christ being the express image of the Most High, we're seeing that Christ was the express or direct representation of the Most High when it comes to the God of patience the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not just, not just being focused on a man of war, he's a God of patience. To be made in his image, are we actually being representatives of somebody 
who is patient like Christ is? Are we being representatives of somebody who is patient like the Most High is? Are we a similitude of the Most High? When people look at us, are they seeing the Most High in Christ? Are they seeing the patience coming from us that they can see from Christ? When he was slandered, lied about, put to death. We're going to go a little bit further. We're going to go a little, a little bit longer. When he was put to death, lied about, um, uh, talked bad about, defamed, disrespected, abandoned. Are we being the representation or the similitude of how Christ dealt with things? Or are we more like the representation or similitude of the Pharisees and Sadducees running around with our Bibles out screaming scriptures at somebody but we got no patience. When it puff a chuck, I test all out like like I'm keeping the law. I keep the law. I do this. I do that. And and and, uh, but I I'm not patient. A representation or similitude of any person or thing. Uh, let's read definition number. Con. Um, the definition of image in the Webster's 1828 definition number five is any copy, representation, or likeness. And as a, as a person examines themselves, hopefully you I mean, you ain't got some type of mental block, can you really look at these examples of Christ and say that you're a representative or a copy of how Christ did things when it comes to being slandered against, lied about, disrespected, um, unappreciated, non-considered? Can you honestly look at, at, at Christ? Now, how your mama said that you have such a giving heart, you have too big of a heart, and you got to start looking out for for yourself, you got to be more about you. Can you, in all honesty, not lie to yourself and look at your at you and how you handle things? Is that how Christ handled things? Are you following the example of Christ? For all the work Christ did, who showed Christ's appreciation for all the work, all the healing that he did? Christ didn't have a house to sleep in. I was talking about his own house. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. The Son of Man got nowhere to lay his head. Of the millions of people Christ healed, how many of them actually showed appreciation? How he wore himself out doing others' service. When did he ever complain about it? When did Christ ever made an example of from what he was going through, but, but yeah, but look at how the Pharisees are. Look at us, are. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. We read Matthew twenty-three. That's that. That's pretty much about it. Christ was about repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Last one we're going to get. Last one we're going to get is Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty-four. 2 Timothy chapter two. We're going to start at verse twenty-four. Well, actually, we're, we're only going to read verse twenty-four. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty-four. Second Timothy chapter two and verse twenty-four. Read. <clears throat> And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. I, I got I got this here. Uh, do me a favor and, and get the word patient in the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. I'm, I'm going to look up the word servant, and I got it already printed up right here. Uh, so now I'm going to the Webster's 1820 Dictionary, just Webster's, not, not the Merriam-Webster. I'm just going to Webster's. 1828 Dictionary. Now, look up the word servant. Give me one second, y'all, one second. All right, cool. Servant, S-E-R-V-A-N-T, servant. From the Latin word servants, um, uh, from servo, to keep or to hold. Uh, probably one that, that waits that it that is stops, holds or tends, or one that is bound. Uh, in definition number one, it says a person, male or female, that attends another for the purpose of performing menial offices for him, or who is employed by another for such offices uh, or for other labor, and is subject to his command. So a servant is somebody who is subject to the command of somebody else for menial offices or duties. The word is uh, uh, correlative to master. Still different definition number one. It's kind of long. Get to the end of it. It says servant differs from slave as the servant's subjection to a master is voluntary. The slave is not, and I don't know how many times you hear in this in, in in this knowledge in this truth that people just feel like, man, I'm just a slave. I'm just a slave. No, you're not. Serving Christ in the Most High is completely voluntary right now. You don't want to volunteer to, to to serve His commands. You want to volunteer to do it His way. You want to stay that brute, that beast. You can, you can choose to do that. There are going to be consequences in the end, but you can choose to do that like many people do. We can choose now not to follow the example of Christ, how he was the servant of the Most High. Or not. Reading on, reading on, reading on. Uh, I'm going to jump down to definition number two. I just want, I'm in reading definition number two, for a servant. A servant is one in a state of subjection. I'm going to subject myself to whatever you want done, to whatever the Most High wants done. I'm going to be in a state of subjection to that. Definition number five. A person who voluntarily serves another or acts as his minister. I'm reading this again. Definition number five for servant. A person who voluntarily serves 
another or acts as his minister. Then the examples it gives is, as Joshua was the servant of Moses and the apostles, the servants of Christ. So Christ himself is called a servant. And they quote Isaiah chapter 42. Moses is called the servant of the Lord. I'm going to jump down to number seven. There is number seven, a servant. One who yields obedience to another. So to be someone's servant, you yield obedience to another. Like Christ did. In the example that Christ gave. Verse eight. I'm sorry, definition number eight. Definition number eight. That which yields obedience or acts on subordination as an instrument. Again, yielding obedience and acts as a subordinate, not an equal. I'm under you. I'm subject to your command. That's how what a servant is. In Deuteronomy number nine, one that makes painful sacrifices in compliance with the weakness or wants of others. One that makes painful sacrifices in compliance with the weakness or wants of others. Well, we can plainly see that's the example that Christ left. So in the scripture, it does read, and I, I have the brother Gabar to all holding, holding uh, the definition for patient. In 2 Timothy 2, 24, it says, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. And patient. So we got who the servant of the Lord is, and we define what it means to be a servant. Now let's get the definition of patient. Uh, The definition of patient in the Webster's Dictionary, 1828, uh, the first definition is the suffering of afflictions, pain. I'm sorry, but. do you have having the quality of enduring evils? Uh, yes, that's uh, definition number two. It starts out with a calm temper which bears evils without murmuring or discontent. Are, are you uh, for P A T I E N T? Uh, P. Okay, you know what? Uh, I put in that spelling, and it gave me the other one, patience. Okay. All right, all right. Let me – okay, here we go. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. That's the 13. Okay. Hold on here. Okay. Okay, I got it. Okay. Um, Patience. It's the adjective. It says, uh, number one, it says, having the quality of enduring evils without murmuring or fretfulness. Okay. So if we're looking at the scripture where it says the servant of the Lord must not strive, 
but be gentle unto all men, after teach and patient, or what? According to what you just read? Having the quality of enduring evils without murmurings or fretfulness. So if we're going to be the servants of the Lord, where it's a volunteer, we're volunteering to be God's servants, and following the example of Christ, that we're going to endure evils without murmuring or fretfulness and complying with the wants or even the weaknesses of others the same way Christ did. I got a question real quick. Yes, sir. So so then enduring the evils, is that the same as having someone lie on you? Is that yes. enduring? So the evil would be the lie that's been, that's being told on you. The um, lie, the disrespect, the inconsideration, the abandonment, yes. Um, w- without murmuring or fretfulness. Time. Now I'm curious, as we're going through this, what is fretfulness? Uh, stay where you're at. Stay where you're at. Then I'm, I'm going to pull it up. We're, we're going to come right back to it. Um, I do want you to continue with the, with the definition of patient, but right now I want to look up the word fretfulness. says to rub or wear away um, to corrode to gnaw to eat away to impair uh, well, I like to say to to agitate violently to agitate to disturb or to make rough. So in your definition for patient, it says to endure evils without murmuring or fretfulness or to endure evils without being agitated, without being disturbed, without uh, wearing away. Not eroding that I'm through with, I'm done with this, I'm out. Uh-huh. Uh, to, to, uh, to be vexed, to be chafed or irritated, to be angry. So 
this is what it means to be uh, to, to be fr- to, to fret or be uh, fretful. So, but the the servant of the Lord, if I'm actually serving the Most High in Christ, and I'm following Christ's example, that in the midst of the slander, the the lies, the disres- the open disrespect, the the, the unappreciation for Christ's showing of brotherhood, of love, of putting others first, and not coming back to him, Christ did not get fretful. He didn't get vexed and agitated. He didn't get angry. He didn't get so worn away that, that he it's, it's just raw. His last, that it's, just, it's, it's his last nerve. He didn't take that mentality, and he didn't take that mentality to leave us an example to follow his steps. And all he was doing was following the most high steps. Reading on with your definition, sir. Yes, sir. Um, sustaining afflictions of body or mind with fortitude. I, I like that. Go ahead. Calmness or Christian submission to the divine will. Christian submission to the divine will. When it came to Christ going through what he went through, how did he submit to the Most High's will when it was the Most High's will that he go through these things? You could go right straight to what the Garden of Gethsemane where he... He actually sweated blood, and he he asked that whatever whatever the will of the heavenly Father was is what he would do. So he submitted, you know. John, definition number two. John, not easily provoked. Calm under the sufferance of injuries or offenses, not revengeful. Damn. Definition number three. Persevering. Constant in pursuit or exertion. Calmly diligent. <laughs> Definition number four. Not hasty not over-eager or impetuous, waiting or expecting with calmness or without discontent. Cool. All right, brothers and sisters, uh, we've definitely come to our two-hour march. I do want to thank everybody for getting a good chance to tune in tonight, even though it's a little bit break of our norm. But again, uh, uh, Bible Box Talk, the Bible Talk podcast is usually held Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to about uh, about noon. That's usually when it's held, and then again on Fridays uh, with Friday night Sabbath service or Friday, Friday night class uh, being beginning at uh, 7 p.m. But tonight we had we had a little break for, break of the norm, and that I wasn't able to teach this morning. But I still want to make sure that it being Monday that we, we jump up on the right foot, get the, jump up on the good foot, that we still get the class in. So I ask that, please, uh, join us tomorrow morning. Uh, Brother Gabar is available, but we, we would 
definitely going to the, uh, continue this class uh, tomorrow morning starting at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, it's going to be uh, part seven, uh, crisis well, capacity, part seven, uh, patients, part three. All right. Join us tomorrow morning as, as, we, as we continue in this series. And, and please don't forget to uh, check out any of our other uh, platforms, uh, ISBHBK YouTube channels from ISBHBK San Antonio, Houston, Norfolk, uh, or Rochester, uh, and, and stay informed, stay in tune, all right? Uh, you can uh, reach us at isbhpk.com, isbhpk.com, uh, stay informed of any uh, current events. And keeping in mind that, again, um, Sunday, May 14th, we will be observing the second Passover here in San Antonio, uh, hosted by the Sportive Youth Bible School, which will be right across the street at 4443 um, uh, Walsam Avenue, San Antonio, Texas, 7217, beginning around 4 p.m. Um, so uh, uh, please get in touch, keep in touch, uh, and be aware of that. And then the following week uh, is the Brother Ariaz uh, wedding to Sister Kaliah. Right, it's going to be a Hebrew-Israelite wedding. Uh, officiated over by uh, the uh, brother priest Tazapah, who does bring you Tazapah Tuesdays. Tazapah Tuesdays. Tazapah Tuesdays. Um, any and all Israelites are invited and welcome to come. And that's going to be the following Sunday, May 21st. All right. So with that, Brother Gabar, do, uh, do you have anything? Um, I, I just actually wanted to, uh, you, you know, because it's, it's Tuesday tomorrow. So it'll be t- talking oh, about Tuesday tomorrow. You're right. You're, you're, my apologies. You're right. Tomorrow is Tuesday. Ah, yeah. The water for that. The water for that. Yes, sir. Join us t- tomorrow for Tell Us About Tuesdays. Tell Us About Tuesdays. Tell Us About Tuesdays. And then we'll continue this series on Wednesday. But the water for that correction, bro. I, I plan for God. I, I, I'm about to set this class up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem, not a problem. Yeah, I got you. I got you back. Cool. All right, then. Uh, for ISBHPK, uh, my name is Mashaba. Uh, my name is Gabar Kawa. Uh, and we would like to say shalom. Yeah.